Hello, regular Drews. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 22. And Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry almost Christmas. It's not Christmas for us, but uh, it's Christmas for you. So we're recording this a little bit (laughs) in advance. Um, So yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you're feeling festive and and cozy and warm today. If you do live in a a place that's in winter right now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be 90 degrees here. So, you know. (laughs) For our holiday episode, we have chosen a special uh, kind of themed book here. We're going to be reading, or we've already read, we're going to be talking about the Nutcracker Ballet Mystery. Mm-hmm. That is number 110 of the Dancy Drew Mystery Stories. Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew? We sure hope so, and we hope you are too. Join us as we talk Nancy Drew cover to cover and click to click. Welcome to Regular Nancy Drew. So I guess let's get into it. Yeah. Do we want to do our three words? Sure. I mean, Nutcracker Ballet. Yep. <laughs> um, again, we have another sabotage. Yeah, another sabotage book. And skiing? Snow? <laughs> yeah, probably snow. Snow is a good one. Winter? Um, <laughs> wintery, right. Yeah. I mean, it is a simple little... Christmassy kind of themed little Nancy Drew book, you know? There's not a whole lot to say about it, I don't think. <laughs> First impressions? I mean, I it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's just that, like, I'm a little bit of a Scrooge. I said a little bit of a Scrooge. I'm like a major Scrooge. And so I'm just not a Christmas person. I don't, um, I don't enjoy the holiday. And I mean... They, I don't know. There was just nothing particularly interesting or special about this book to me. Yeah. Um, so, meh. But you? That's all right. Yeah. Uh, you know this already, but I'll tell our listeners. Mm-hmm. But I did ballet for a really long time growing up, and I've actually performed in the Nutcracker quite a few times. So the Nutcracker is very nostalgic. It feels like Christmas for me. So when it comes to does this book feel very wintry and festive and cozy? Absolutely. Was the mystery very good? Mm, it was not the best. Um, but yeah, if you're just looking for, for a nice Christmassy themed book, this is it. If you want a strong mystery, maybe maybe choose another one. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. A little disappointed in the ending, I'll say. But uh, Yeah, yeah. It was, well, there were parts of it that were very weird. Yeah. And <laughs> part of it that was just like, okay, like, all right, we get it. You know, like, let's... Let's move past. But we'll talk about it. Yes, we'll talk yes, about it. Yes. Um, so the cover, what does your cover yeah. look like? Does your cover look like mine? Same one. Yep. Oh, okay. I have the minstrel edition. Yeah. Um, so it kind of features a, uh, who I assume are Nancy and a couple of young ballerinas on the cover mm-hmm. here with a broken nutcracker doll laying on the floor in front of them. I got to say, it's very 90s. Yes. <laughs> Nancy's jeans, her mom jeans, and her socks oh, over no. the jeans, <laughs> and like her oh white kids. It's just, yes. it's definitely a getup that like 
I, my mother would have born in the nineties, you know? Oh, absolutely. uh, Yeah. (laughs) The giant belt buckle. (laughs) And her red shirt matching her red socks with her white kids. She's festive. She's on theme for the holiday. (laughs) I guess so. I guess so. What do you call this casual festive? (laughs) Sure. <laughs> um, there's also kind of a cute sleigh. It's probably a prop for the ballet. And you can mm-hmm. kind of see in the background some uh, what looks like a set uh, painting behind them. And then I can't really see what is like in the bottom left hand corner. There's like something that's like painted with like some text on it, but I can't read it. And I don't know what it's supposed to be. Um, I think it, it might be like a trunk. Be- yeah, like a storage trunk. Maybe it just says like Nutcracker on it nutcracker. and the number of the trunk for storage for props or something. Gotcha. I, I just thought it was a weird, a weird thing to put on the cover. And I remember when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, that must be part of the mystery somehow. But it, mm-hmm. it's not really. And I just thought it was weird that like they would half conceal some text on there. Like it was significant, right. but it's totally not. <laughs> so... It's definitely interesting. Also, Nancy, so whatever model they must have used for Nancy in this picture is quite short. Yes. Either that or those children are quite tall. Because I imagine those girls are probably supposed to be, what, maybe 12, 13? Yeah. And Nancy is obviously, say an adult, 18. Yeah. (laughs) At this point. And she is, like, barely a head taller than them. Yeah. So, yeah. I was wondering if maybe the redheaded girl was one of the Edwards sisters because they're all supposed mm-hmm. to be redheaded, but that's not a Clara costume. So I don't know what the tutu is. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Also, Nancy's blonde. Yeah. Nancy's blonde. Can we talk about that? Because I just, it irritates me to no end when they make Nancy so blonde. Yeah. Like she, okay. I get it. I get it. The OG Nancy was blonde and that's fine. And that's great. And I really appreciate that. I love a blonde Nancy. I do love Mm -hmm. a blonde Nancy. But like at this point, we have gone through so much time of Nancy being Titian Mm -hmm. that putting a blonde Nancy back on the cover of these books is like, that's not accurate. Like, it's just not true. Like at this point, we have established, okay, we've moved past or she's dyed her hair or whatever. It's Titian now. It's Titian now. It's a strawberry blonde. The holidays. It's a reddish blonde. But that is like that is that is a almost that is very blonde. That's like I don't want to say bleach blonde because it's not bleach blonde, but it is a bright bright blonde. And Nancy is supposed to be a reddish blonde, and I just (laughs) I don't know why it irritates me so. They even call her blonde in the book itself. So oh oh, I must have missed that. But I mean. I don't know. Maybe it's just I don't have the right perception of what Titian is supposed to be, which could be true. But it's supposed to be strawberry blonde, right? It's supposed to be reddish blonde. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Cool. Should we do our summary? Sure. Yes. Let's get into it. Okay, so we start off our story with Nancy and George in the car headed home after a ski trip, um, and they are uh, discussing their excitement to see an upcoming performance of Nutcracker Ballet put on by Madame Dugrand's Dance Academy, or should I say Dugrand? I'm not sure, Dugrand, maybe? It's probably... Just leave the D off, yeah. It's probably supposed to be very French, so Madame Dugrand. I wonder <laughs> if this woman is actually a French 
person that lives mm. in River Heights or if she is, um, you know, just calls herself Madame because she thinks that that is what like a ballet instructor should call themselves. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but so they're talking about that and they talk about the fact that Bess is currently helping with this performance. I think she feels a little bad because apparently the rent for the building went up unexpectedly. It's like kind of, uh, in need of a lot of repairs and Madame is hoping the performance is going to help pay for it. Um, mm-hmm. And George also guesses that Bess only volunteers so that she could hang out with Shanna Edwards or Shana, Shanna or Shana. I'll probably sure. say Shanna. Um, maybe. <laughs> yeah. um, who is a professional ballerina with the New York Ballet Company. Um, and they used to know Shanna growing up. Because she had attended this ballet school and is now a you know big time professional in New York City, um, but um, they also say that Nancy Bess and George previously took ballet classes from Madame Du Grand, Du Grand, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nancy and George decide to stop by the dance academy on their way home to surprise Bess and take her to lunch. And once they're there, they go down into the basement where the wardrobe is to find her. Um, and Bess greets them and she introduces them to Gertrude Wolaski, who is an elderly woman who is also assisting with the costumes. Apparently, she is a very talented seamstress and has a love of the ballet. So she is helping volunteer. Um, Bess shows them Shanna's costume and mentions to them that everybody is like stressed about this production because apparently weird things have been happening. Um <laughs> I just want to say that the weird things that Bess mentions that have been happening are that two girls had shoes stolen out of their lockers. And there was just a lot of bickering amongst parents and kids about the roles that were handed out. And so it's like, those don't seem like weird things to me, but okay. Um, Having done ballet, it would be weird if those things weren't happening. Maybe not the theft of the point shoes, but the bickering and like the dance mom's kind of drama over who gets the lead role. That would absolutely happen. Yeah. So it just didn't seem like a whole lot to be like, Nancy, weird things are happening. Some girls had their shoes stolen. It's like, okay. (laughs) Anyway, um, so Nancy, Bess and George all head upstairs to Madame Dugrand's office because Nancy wants to buy a ticket to an upcoming gala that's being thrown in Shanna's honor. Um, And so they get there and start to speak to Madame, but suddenly the fire alarm goes off. Um, I will say that they kind of describe the ballet studio a little bit. They say mm-hmm. that there's two main like dance studios where the classes take place. And then there's, of course, like the dressing rooms and the prop room and the wardrobe room. But then there is also like a big auditorium where they're planning to host the actual performance. So um, they smell smoke coming from that auditorium. And they know that this is the real deal. It's actually a real fire. So they, they jump into action, call the fire department and get everyone out of the building. The fire chief comes out and he's holding a cigarette butt in his hand. He says that the backstage curtain caught fire because someone put out their cigarette on it or that's likely what caused the fire. Um, But he's also he also says that it's lucky that this fire only did the amount of damage that it did because the building has a lot of fire codes. And he tells Madame that if she does not get them all fixed by Friday, which is also opening night of the Nutcracker, um, then the fire department is going to have to close them down. Nancy, Bess, and George usher the remaining children back inside, and Nancy goes to investigate the stage. She doesn't really find much because the fire department had removed most of the evidence from 
from the stage area. But Nancy feels bad about everything that's happening, and she goes to speak with the madame um, and offers her help um, with the production to, to help get everything up and running again because the lady who was in charge of props quit. Mm-hmm. So Nancy volunteers to fill in that role. Um, and then she goes to join the rest of the girls in the studio. They meet um, Darcy Edwards, who is Shanna's little sister. She is dancing as the Dewdrop Fairy in The Dance of the Flowers. Uh, we also meet Roger Lutz, who is the piano accompanist for the dance classes. He plays the piano while the girls are dancing. Um, and he, they, we learn that he only recently joined as not even an employee of the Dance Academy, but just as their accompanist because he just showed up like a month ago saying that he is like a music student and he just wants the experience. And so he's going to volunteer for the role. Um, and then they start their their dance class. Shanna starts to demonstrate something on the bar. But when she reaches out to it, her leg is like propped up on the bar and the bar comes away from the wall. It just falls down off the bracket, causing Shanna to fall and almost get injured, basically. Yeah, everyone rushes over to help her. Um, she seems OK, though. She's just bruised a little bit. Except for her little sister does not rush over. Darcy, who is there, seems unconcerned. She's like standing off in the corner with like her arms crossed. Shanna says that she'll reschedule the class and Roger, who at uh, the pianist that we were just talking about, <laughs> and Roger seems annoyed. Shanna says that she's never seen a company this tense before production and she would know because she's been apparently in a lot in New York. Uh, so Nancy examines the bar and sees that most of the screws that were holding it into the wall have been removed and were missing. So apparently someone deliberately sabotaged this bar. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nancy, Bess, and George head to lunch at a local yogurt shop where they see Darcy and Lawrence. Um, Lawrence dances opposite of Shanna in the performance and also helps uh, Madame Dugron with ma- maintenance occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bess tells uh, Nancy and George that both Darcy and Lawrence have grudges against Shanna. Apparently, Darcy wanted to dance opposite Lawrence as the Sugar Plum Fairy, but Madame gave that role to Shanna instead. Um, and Lawrence is bitter because he was supposed to choreograph all the scenes, but when Shanna returned, Madame Dugrand split all of the scenes between, between him and Shanna. Um, and so they overhear both Darcy and Lawrence talking gleefully about the accident. Lawrence says it'll take more than a small accident to make Shanna go back to New York. And Darcy is just the person to think of one. So that's some um, creepy, scary, frightening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Immediately, Nancy starts to think, could Darcy and Lawrence kind of be in on this together, causing this sabotage? Are they the ones that removed the screws from the bar to make Shanna fall? Could they also have some sort of grudge against Madame de Grand? Could they be the ones that have been causing all of all of these issues? So the next day, Nancy and Bess go back to the dance school. Bess goes down to the basement to start helping again with the costumes. And Nancy goes to the prop room and starts taking inventory of all the props that they have there, just trying to figure out what still needs to be done. She is looking through things and she can't find the ornaments that are supposed to be on the Christmas tree. So she goes to look around backstage and she finds a handkerchief that has been dropped on the floor kind of near where the fire had been started. And it has the initials GT embroidered on the handkerchief, Uh, but there's no sign of the ornaments anywhere. So she goes to talk to Madame Dugrand about them. Uh, She says that those ornaments are very important. They are actually antiques loaned to the dance school by the Farnsworth family. So it's very important that they find them because otherwise Mrs. Farnsworth is going to be extremely upset that her like antique family ornaments went missing, which whatever, why would you, why would you donate those to 
a production. Yeah. And also, like, I know that they probably want the the scenery to look really nice for the production, but plastic ornaments would work just as well, and you wouldn't you have to worry about them would not possibly tell. getting broken by you a would not dancer. Be able to tell. <laughs> yeah, you would not, not be able to tell from the audience how quality the ornaments were on the tree, especially considering you don't even have to decorate the whole tree, just the front of the tree. Mm-hmm. Like, right, exactly. Anyway. I've seen them use like fabric ornaments before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 whatever. But um, so for whatever reason, Nancy decides to go over to Mrs. Farnsworth house and be like, hey, did you ever give us those ornaments? <laughs> I know. And Mrs. Farnsworth is like, um, yeah, I dropped them off yesterday. What? Do you, why are you here asking me about them? Who are you? Um, she tells her that she's Carson's daughter and all this. And oh, don't worry, I'll find your ornaments for you. So she leaves, <laughs> um, goes back to the academy uh, to look around a little bit more, but cannot find them still. Um, so she decides to take a break to watch Shayna and Lawrence practicing the, the Nutcracker Pot do. Yep. And um, as they are practicing, Lawrence uh, drops Shanna. <laughs> so he's like holding her up and drops her. Um, he does manage to catch her before she hits the ground, but um, they argue very severely about this, which kind of rightfully so. It's like a very a serious thing that could happen to a professional dancer uh, yes. getting injured. Uh, that's her livelihood. So she accuses him of being unable to handle her choreography. And he says that she needs to find a new partner and that both her sisters can dance better than she can and should have her role. And he like storms out the door angrily. Also, one of those sisters is like a 10 year old, isn't she? Yes. <laughs> She's playing Clara. Yeah. <laughs> Because there's Darcy, who's Dewdrop, and she's probably like what sixteen, seventeen, probably. But Clara mm-hmm. is usually a much younger girl. Yeah. What's the what's Clara's? What's that girl's name? I don't remember. Uh, Michelle. Okay, yeah, I think yeah, Michelle. Michelle would not be able to do Sugar Plum. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so, um, after he leaves, Shanna tells Nancy that they used to be quote unquote, um, friends, um, Mm -hmm. before she moved to New York. (laughs) So heavy, heavy subtext there that she and Lawrence have a little bit of a history, um, probably a romantic one. Um, so Nancy and George also tell Shanna about the conversation that they overheard between Darcy and Lawrence and Shanna says she kind of feels bad for Darcy and that she'll talk to her sister about all this Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, so heading into the hallway, Nancy and George run into Lawrence coming out of the prop room and he's acting super weird. He says Mm -hmm. he was just looking for a set piece needed for rehearsal, but he's like very defensive about their questioning him coming out of the prop room. So Nancy and George go into the prop room and start searching and working. And while they're in the midst of moving a pillar, a doll's head, sorry, this is the silliest plot point that happened. (laughs) in the book which is also the cover of the book a doll's head that is apparently like perched on top of this column that they didn't notice starts to fall towards george um (laughs) they act like they are gonna die they do it's like yeah maybe it would hurt a little bit if it hit one of you on the head but like it's it's a doll it's a doll it's like it's gonna be okay ladies yeah. <laughs> oh. So yeah, they uh the doll head like falls to the ground and breaks and Nancy pulls George out of the way at the last second. So it's it's fine. There's no drama at all, but they treat it like this huge horrible thing that Lawrence they think maybe Lawrence cuz he had just been in there, maybe he had booby trapped this and like <laughs> set it up somehow knowing that they would move this pillar, which how, but whatever. <laughs> 
So that happens. Um, and then they go home. The next day they come back. Nancy decides to bring her own ornaments from home for use in the show because she cannot have this Christmas tree looking bare for the production in case they can't find the, the antique ornaments. Um, and she goes to Madame Dugrand's office and asks to see a list of the students that are enrolled at the school, thinking that maybe she'll find someone with the initials GT to match from the handkerchief. But she looks at that list, no names on it that match. Um, at this point, she goes past the auditorium again and sees the stage and they are rehearsing another scene from the Nutcracker there. So she decides to stay and watch part of this. Madame Dugrand has asked Shanna and Lawrence to repeat that same routine that they were practicing the previous day when Lawrence dropped her. Um, at this time, they perform it beautifully. Everyone is kind of mesmerized by this while they're watching, uh, except for Darcy, who sees this and gets kind of huffy about it and just storms out of the room. Just a few seconds later, this snow machine that they're using for, I guess, the snow dancing scene starts raining snow on them. Lawrence goes to shut it off, but he slips in it because I guess they put like soap in the machine instead. So it's like a soapy floor and he slips on it and falls into Madame Dugrand and it knocks her off the stage and she falls pretty far away to the auditorium floor. Yeah. Madame is confused, but uh, like as to what happened, but she assures everyone is fine that she's fine. But I'm like, honey, if you're confused about what's happened, doesn't that mean that you probably have some kind of head injury? Yeah. Um, but anyway, she's fine apparently. But Shanna accuses Lawrence of purposefully slipping, quote unquote, slipping and pushing Madame off the stage. He says it was an accident. And yeah, and then Nancy examines the snow on the stage and discovers that it is soap instead of it's supposed to be like tiny bits of paper, obviously, mm. so that dancers don't slip on it while they're right. dancing. <laughs> um, but someone must have filled it with soap at some point. And apparently it's Lawrence's job to fill the soap machine. So now everyone is more suspicious of Lawrence than ever. Mm -hmm. But Nancy wonders if it was Darcy that had turned it on because she is the one who just walked off. Mm-hmm. So later that evening, Nancy goes to pick up Bess for the gala that night. They stop at the dance academy on the way to pick up a costume that Bess needs to have. They enter. Apparently, Bess was given a key earlier by Mrs. Wolaski and just forgot to return it. And when they're walking down the hall, they hear a noise. Um, so they start to go towards the noise and investigate and find out that it is coming from the prop room. <laughs> and when they... <laughs> you remember this? <laughs> when... <laughs> When they go to open the door, a quote-unquote growling black shadowy shape that they describe as being a monster moves towards them and the door and is able to get out of the room. They start to go after it and then the door slams shut behind it and locks the girls in. Um, Nancy goes towards the light to try to flip on the light, but apparently the power is out. And so with the door being locked and the power being out, they are trapped in this pitch black room. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so scary. Oh, my gosh. No. Nancy realizes that the uh, quote unquote monster that had just snuck out and trapped <laughs> them in this room is someone wearing the Mouse King costume. Obviously. She rem <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> It's like, hmm, I wonder what this dark black shape could be. Maybe it's the literal monster costume that you have in the prop room. I, I, I don't know. Anyway. Why wouldn't it be in the wardrobe room? Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. 
Yeah. So um, there is another door to the prop room, but it's like on the opposite side of the room where they are, but they can't really see anything because it's so dark. So they just kind of start shuffling around um, across the room, across all these, you know, there's props everywhere. So they're trying not to trip on anything and they try to head over there. Um, But suddenly the lights just come back on by themselves. And a few minutes later, Lawrence comes in and unlocks the door from them, bursts into the room. He's holding a tire iron for some reason. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he says that he was driving to the gala past the academy because he had to go that way anyway and saw that the front door was just wide open. So um, he pulled off into the parking lot and came in to investigate. Noticed that the lights weren't on, so he goes and reset the breakers. Apparently someone had just manually flipped them off, and that's why the power had gone out. Um, and Bess starts accusing him of being the Mouse King, saying he must have been the one in the costume who had snuck out and then locked them in and then just come back to let them out for some reason. Um, and he says, why would, he, you know, why would I let you out if I was the one that locked, locked you in here? And they are like, oh, yeah, you're totally right. Uh, we have to go do this other thing. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. So they try to, like, uh, make this excuse to to leave. And Bess is like. I don't remember exactly what Bess says to leave, but Nancy's like, yeah, but if we don't leave, what if it is him? And he tries to come back. And yeah. so they're like, yeah, I don't we got to get out of here. They don't really say anything specific, but they are both very like clearly freaked out by the fact that like he's in there in the tire iron. And there's like a weird plot thing where Bess thought she heard a mouse and he had oh, apparently yeah. had mice in his locker that had gotten loose or were stolen or missing or something. And so he's like, Oh, it's my mice. And he starts to like look around on the floor for them. And so the girls think that basically he is just like crazy. Yeah. Crazy guy with a tire iron and are like, let's get out of here. <laughs> I've made a note of this moment actually, because Bess is like, do you usually just keep mice yeah. in your dance locker? And he says, not usually only when I plan to feed my snake. Right. Do you keep your snake at the dance academy? What do you mean not usually? I, Are you being sarcastic? Do you not usually feed your snake? Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. It was, it was just a really weird... Yeah, I don't know. I thought that that was very strange. But mm-hmm. they run back out to Nancy's car and they notice that the the van, because the academy has like a van, because where are you transporting people if your performance stage and your practice place (laughs) are in the same location? What a great point. I totally (laughs) had not thought about that. That is hilarious. What do they use the van for? Right. Right. Oh my gosh. But yeah, they they have a van and that's the only other car parked in the parking lot, or at least we're led to believe that because Nancy doesn't bother to look around to see if Lawrence's car is also there to validate his side of the story. Doesn't even do like a quick once over of the entire parking lot to see if there's any other cars besides her own in the van. But um, yeah, the van starts up all of a sudden. Nancy realizes that someone is trying to get away in the van. So they jump into Nancy's car to try to race after it. Um, But at this point, it is snowing pretty heavily and they're unable to or they um, it's snowing pretty heavily and they're able to follow the van to like an apartment complex. It's like fancy new apartment building. Uh, but they lose track of it when they get to this apartment complex. And they're just kind of parked, I guess, just in the middle of this apartment complex's parking lot, you know, trying to decide what to do next. Um, and the van suddenly just like rear ends them. It comes out of nowhere and rear ends mm-hmm. them. And Nancy tries to like get away in the car. Mm-hmm. And she does drive a little bit away, but then eventually her car like skids and the car and the van hits them again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a kind of a drawn out thing. So it hits them again and it like skids them into the middle of an intersection mm-hmm. during like a, a red light or something. I don't know, but 
Yeah. They're fine. <laughs> it's a danger it's a dangerous scene, but yeah, apparently they managed to make it through the intersection like totally unscathed. I think they hit a curb, but their car wasn't even damaged. So it's right. like fine. <laughs> um, but the van does get away, drives away, and they don't know where it goes. So the girls decide to drive back to the dance academy to investigate further. And the van is there. So apparently the van drove back to the dance academy. So Nancy cautiously approaches the van in the Dance Academy parking lot, and it's empty. Except for (laughs) the freaking Rat King head sitting in the passenger seat. So Nancy decides to take it, I guess, because she she is a prop mistress now. So she's like, well, this is a prop, and I need to take care of it. But also, I'm like, isn't that evidence? Shouldn't you see if there's, like, hair or something inside of it that whoever was just wearing it left? But whatever. Nancy takes it. Um, And she kind of examines the um, snow on the ground, and she notices footprints and tire tracks. And it looks like that whoever was driving the van had walked to the road from the van and got into another waiting car and left. So Again, why didn't she, like... Do a once over. Are these Lawrence's <laughs> footprints? Because we know he was there. Are there other sets of footprints? She doesn't even yeah, I'm sorry. I just, just... <laughs> there are some there are some gaps in the logic of Nancy here, we gotta say, but oh well. So um Bess and Nancy decide to go ahead and head to the gala. Um so at the gala, Michelle, who's Shanna's other sister playing Clara, greets them. And they learn that Darcy didn't come to this um, gala tonight, kind of unexpectedly. So they greet Shanna, who tells them that Lawrence put in an appearance for about a half hour and then left. But so then they, all the girls kind of like at that moment, turn around and see both Darcy and Lawrence kind of like arrive arm in arm, very clearly coming in together. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting, especially since we know that someone was just picked up from the dance academy. So clearly we have two people involved in this uh, mystery here. Mm -hmm. Interesting. At at least Nancy finally decides to take a head count of like who's not at the party. Because (laughs) I was like, why? as soon as that all the car accident stuff happens, why didn't you go straight to the gala and look at who's not there? Mm-hmm. And then that would give you a better idea of your suspect. At least she does that. But finally, yeah. eventually like a couple hours later, but um, yeah, she knows that Darcy looks like she's been crying. And I think that Michelle kind of confirms that as well, that there'd been some argument at home between her and Shanna and Darcy decided that she wasn't going to go, but then Lawrence convinced her and picked her up and, and brought her there. Apparently she and Darcy had been arguing before the gala about how Shauna was trying to steal Lawrence from Darcy. Yeah. Shauna also said that Darcy was trying to sabotage the Academy, which Darcy denied, but yeah. Right. (laughs) Lawrence asks Shauna to dance at the gala and, it's kind of, yeah, Nancy's like, oh, maybe they don't actually hate each other. Maybe there's, there is a little something between them, like they'd been hinting earlier. And Darcy sees this and runs to the bathroom all upset. Nancy do, goes in and pretends to like be her friend. and like, oh, what's wrong? Do you want to talk about it? And Darcy's like, no, I'm not talking to you about this. You're trying to accuse me of sabotaging things. And tells her that hotshot detectives don't know everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Darcy like runs out of the bathroom very upset. Um, and Nancy realizes that maybe she was too quick to narrow in on Darcy and Lawrence. Maybe. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I think she is struck by how, because she mentions to Darcy, like, she starts talking about the break-in and Darcy seems genuinely, like, uh, not does not have an idea of what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. So I think Nancy kind of believes that and is like, well, maybe she's not involved. So, so then Nancy, George and Bess decide to go skiing. (laughs) Sorry. It's so funny. Like why, what does this have to do with anything? Also, I know we had kind of talked about this before a little bit in the comments, but like what, how is it that they, that they're skiing so close to river heights? Like I looked it up. Sorry, I have to talk about this. I looked it up. And I mean, like there's skiing in Wisconsin, right? There's good skiing in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So it would make sense if if we assume in this universe that River Heights is near Chicago, which maybe not like, right? Like maybe because that's a Nancy Drew Files thing. Mm -hmm. We're not technically in the Nancy Drew Files. We're in still the Nancy Drew mystery. So it's possible that River Heights is somewhere else that's closer to skiing. I really believe it's in somewhere in Illinois, though. But right, if it's in if it's anywhere in Illinois, it's still going to take them at least two hours to drive yeah. to anywhere with decent skiing, and so it just seems like George. There's literally at one point in the book where George is just skiing that morning, but she'll be back that afternoon. Yeah. So it's like you would drive two hours somewhere to ski for like an hour, and then drive mm-hmm. two hours back. No, you would not. No, yeah. you would not. It takes at least half an hour to get all your ski gear on. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Anyway, but the girls go skiing and um, <laughs> they're like going on down the mountain. And then suddenly some person in a snowmobile behind them tries to basically run them down. They manage to like ski into the woods a little bit so that it can't get to them. But then it doubles back and tries to hit them again. George. <laughs> scares them off by wielding a tree branch um so they just just don't come back (laughs) sorry i'm sorry no no don't i'm especially glad that you brought this up because if this is somebody from the dance academy that's trying to run them over with a snowmobile how do they know they went skiing how do they know that they went skiing and why did they make the effort to drive two plus hours just to maybe get the chance to hit them with the snowmobile with the snowmobile that no one recognizes them. Hit them with a car. Literally, you were doing that yesterday, apparently. Yeah. Just try that again. Like, why if you did- followed them for hours, apparently, you have a car with you, clearly. Also, especially since we learn that this snowmobile that this person used to try to run them over with was stolen from another couple who saw who this was, basically, and gave a description to a park ranger about them. So when the girls go to, like, tell the park ranger about this, they're like, oh, yeah, it must have been the snow- stolen snowmobile. So this person, we're to believe, stole, went, followed them to two hours away, at least, to for them to go skiing, then steals the snowmobile, follows them on the snowmobile until they have an opportunity to try to run them down with the snowmobile, abandons the snowmobile, and then just leaves. Hightails it back to River Heights. Why? <laughs> Sorry. All right. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Yeah, that was a lot of hullabaloo for for just a plot hole. Mm-hmm. Everything from the when they get locked in the prop room up until now just felt like filler. I don't they know. They could have and spent this- that time literally doing anything else, like literally having more character development for mm-hmm. um, Darcy, who we like barely know, <laughs> but is apparently like the main suspect in this, or 
uh, Madame du Grand, who is like yeah. our main victim, but we like barely know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. could have filled it with anything. Anyway. This is already a pretty short book. It's only, what, 16 chapters instead yeah. of 20? And yeah. they spend, what, four of those on <laughs> this red herring? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> but whatever. They make it away <clears throat> safe from the mountain. They get back to River Heights. They decide to go back to the dance academy that afternoon to check on things. Um, when they get there, they see that Madame Dugrand's car and the school van are the only cars in the parking lot. So they go into the building um, and they hear someone moving around in Madame Dugrand's office. They call out like, hey, are you in there? Thinking that it's her, but realize that whoever it is has locked the door to the office and is now trying to like sneak out the window so that they're not caught. Uh, Nancy runs around to the side of the building to try to you know, see who it is, if they can, if she can see them coming out of the window, but someone has locked them in the building, put like a broom through the front door <laughs> handle so that they can't open it. Um, at this point, Madame Dugrand appears. She's, she was in the basement with Mrs. Wolaski, I guess, checking out some of the props or something. I guess uh, Madame Dugrand had driven Mrs. Wolaski to the school that day, mm -hmm. uh, but they unlocked the, the door for them to go into the office. Uh, Nancy, goes after the culprit through the open window, but they do get away. The office has been completely ransacked, but it looks like the only thing that's missing is this old photo that that had been on the wall. Nancy had seen it earlier in the story that was of Madame de Grand herself when she was a ballerina back when she was like 18 or something, and then with the rest of her, her dance company. So just an old group photo, but mysteriously missing for some reason. Mm-hmm. Very, very luckily, Madame Dugrand just happens to have copies of all of her pictures. Apparently, it's like this thing. She's very proud of all her pictures, so she does have lots of copies of them. It does mm. look like whoever had broken in was also trying to find the other copy of this picture, um, but was unsuccessful. So they're able to find it and look at it. And they see that, yeah, it's of her as the Sugar Plum Fairy when she was a teenager. Um, and yeah, the rest of her dance company, like you said. But you can see in the background, there is someone like staring very jealously at her. I guess she must have like this scowl on her face. Um, and um, Madame says that it is a person named Grace Turner. Mm -hmm. um, so Where interesting. have we seen those initials before? Yeah, Nancy realizes like right away that Grace Turner... GT are the mm -hmm. initials that she found on the handkerchief backstage. So obviously she's like, okay, great. Yes, we have our villain, right? It's Grace <laughs> Turner. And so she asks whatever happened to her. Like, you know, Madame says that she left the company when they were younger and she may have stopped dancing altogether because she hadn't heard anything about her since. So she just mm -hmm. kind of like mysteriously disappeared. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, So... <laughs> Nancy, um, I guess with some stroke of genius, <laughs> decides to take this photo to the police department to have them do an age progression on it. Nancy. <laughs> Nancy, I'm so tired. <laughs> One, it's like, what? Like, maybe just look at the picture and be like, hmm, who does that look like? I don't right. know. I don't know why whatever. Two, how convenient and how helpful are the River Heights Police Department that they're just like, yeah, of course, Nancy will run an age progression on this photo of this woman that we don't know that we don't know who they're connected to whatever it is that you're doing in any way. Literally, they don't ask her any questions. 
They're just like, happily, Nancy, no charge. It'll be ready tomorrow. <laughs> Nancy even is like, could you make it a little faster, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, the charmed life of Nancy Drew. <sighs> um, but so, yeah, they drop it off at the police station and they go back to the dance academy and they're talking about the mystery in the prop room when they hear a scream in the hallway and they all go running down to investigate and they see that it is Shanna standing at the top of the basement stairs, holding her costume, which has been just like cut and ripped up to shreds. Gasp. A ruined costume. This is very, we see the ruined clothes quite a bit. I feel like (laughs) that's gotta be a Nancy Drew is trope. Yes. Uh, Everyone else comes running into the room to see what all this commotion is. And Mrs. Wolaski, who, of course, was the one to create that costume for Shana, is really upset having seen it ripped to shreds, basically. Bess tries to encourage everyone, saying, like, no worry, I'll help make the new costume. We'll We'll get you good for showtime. It'll be no problem. Shana starts accusing Lawrence of having done this and says that he and Darcy did this together. They've been conspiring against her. Uh, Nancy says that, hey, you know, she kind of has a point. And since you guys weren't at the gala last night, it does make them look suspicious. Um, Lawrence says, all right, you know what? I'll tell you what's going on between me and Darcy. But, you know, you got to believe that we we didn't do this. Bess and Mrs. Velasquez go off to, to work on the costumes. And Madame Devon is like, all right, everyone, let's go into my office and we'll we'll have the conversation there. Lawrence tells them that he and Darcy were jealous of Shanna and he initially did sabotage Shanna in some of the dances. He did, you know, kind of intentionally almost drop her that one time, but he does feel silly about doing that now. Um, he says that Darcy was responsible for the soap in the snow machine, but that's it. They didn't do any of the other things. They didn't lock them in the prop room, didn't steal the van and crash it, anything like that. <laughs> didn't didn't perch the doll's head on top of the column <laughs> to have it come crashing down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, he did also realize that Darcy has kind of a crush on him and he had to let her down kind of easily, but she was still really upset by this rejection. Um, and that's why Darcy kind of hasn't been around the past few days since the gala. Um, at this point, Darcy actually shows up, realizes that everyone now knows what she did. She starts crying. She apologizes, saying that um, she didn't mean to hurt anyone with the soap machine. She was just jealous. She was just upset um, and felt like this was her sister's fault, basically. Mm-hmm. Next day, Nancy, Bess, and George go to the police station to pick up the age progression of the photo and realize (laughs) instantly that this must be Mrs. Velasky. Listen, okay, I just... (laughs) So the whole thing is, like, they get the photo and they look at it for a second and after some adjustments that Nancy makes, like, she realizes that it's Mrs. Velasky, but... The whole idea is that they think that this doesn't make sense because Mrs. Wolaski shouldn't be that old. Like she should be the same age as Madame de Grand. Like, but she Who's maybe like in her fifties, but Mrs. Right. Wolaski is more like eighties right. age range. Right. Yeah. And so they realize that she must be like using a cane and like putting on old age makeup to like make herself seem older. I think she even like has like, puts like a pillow they realize she must be putting a pillow on her back to create like the effect of like a hunchback um and it's just to me it's like Bess has been in a room with this woman for the past week straight basically you're telling me 
that she didn't realize that this woman was faking using a cane, had on old age makeup, had a freaking pillow in her like coat to make <sighs> it look. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's too funny. It's too unbelievable. <laughs> that also Madame Dugrand wouldn't suspect anything either or think that this is weird yeah. that this old lady has on a pound of makeup and is someone that she knew 30 years ago, 30-ish years ago, maybe. It's also, I'm sorry, it's just such a weird motive for sabotaging a dance company. It's it's a bad motive. Yeah. It's not a believable motive. No. Do yeah, like, we have little things when we're 18 years old that upset us, but we get over it. You don't hold that grudge for 30 years and then silently plot your revenge by coming back and sabotaging well, dancers. I mean, maybe, okay, maybe you do hold a grudge for, I don't know, maybe you do hold a grudge for 30 years and then come back and do that. But why would we have not heard from you in those 30 years time? Right. Clearly, you've held this grudge since you were young. So you think that you would have been around trying to cause problems from that moment instead of waiting 30 years to come back, pretend to be an older woman, and <laughs> and then do what? Do what? Steal children's point shoes out of their locker? Like, what? Not, it, it, it's not that she wants to kill Madame de Grand. It's no, she not just that wants her, her school to shut down. She just. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's weird. It's anyway. Okay. Does she not have a job? I mean, I, does she not have somewhere to be during these weeks on end that they're prepping for this production? She like, could just spend all her she, time at the school. Well, presumably, maybe I don't know. Maybe she's retired at this point. I don't think she's. Suppose, well, I don't know. I guess in the 90s, people were able to retire earlier than they are today. <laughs> but so maybe she's retired. But like, it seems to me like, yeah, what were you doing before this, lady? Like, what was your life like? Were you literally just sitting in the dark in your house, looking at pictures of you when you were 18, not getting the recognition you thought you deserved? Like, I don't know if they're trying to make it more dark by thinking that, yeah, that's exactly what she's doing. Or if it's just like, they did that badly because it's really just not believable. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't seem like a plausible situation. Even if you are jealous that someone beat you out for the role. Hey, maybe in 30 years you realize maybe I wasn't the best fit for that role. <laughs> maybe if I hadn't spent 30 years of effort on this, I could have been training to be a better ballerina and gotten the part the next year or mm -hmm. something rather than quitting the entire quitting dance entirely and then plotting your revenge for 30 years. Or like moving. Yeah, <laughs> or, like or just leaving. move on. Move away and go do ballet somewhere else or like teach ballet to children or something like is there nothing you've cared about more in 30 years than getting revenge on someone who didn't even like set out to stop you from getting the part in the first place? You were just jealous that she was a better dancer than you. She didn't do anything to you <laughs> rather than just get, get something you wanted. I will say oh, it, it does. It does also seem like we have a situation in which Nancy was also just totally ignoring a suspect because of their age. Yes. <laughs> she really wanted Darcy and Lawrence to be the guilty ones that she ignored 
a lot of evidence. Mm-hmm. Like Mrs. Wolaski was like always around, like always mm-hmm. around. She was also the only other person in the story that's a consistent character besides Bess and George. She's the only other person in the story who didn't have a car that would make sense for her to try to drive the van to get away. That would make sense that she would have to have someone to come pick her up. That Mm -hmm. would make sense to have been there at the studio with no car in front parked in front of it. (laughs) So yeah, they realized that she must have destroyed her own costume to try to throw suspicion off of herself because she knew that they had found the photo, but it's like, I don't know that you really needed to do that because they didn't suspect you at all. So it's fine. Um, Anyway, um, so they run back to the Academy to tell Madame de Grand about this. And she says that Shanna is actually downstairs alone with Mrs. Wolaski right now for a fitting. So everyone freaks out and (laughs) rushes down there. Um, But Shanna and Mrs. Wolaski are nowhere to be found. They are missing. So Lawrence and Darcy join this search for Shanna. They start looking all over the academy for her. Um, And they decide that because she's not there, they decide to visit Mrs. Wolaski's home. But when they're out in the parking lot, they find Shanna's bracelet and like tracks in the snow for two people, which led around the building. So it looks like someone kidnapped Shanna because at some point, it looks like that the marks turned into like drag marks. Mm-hmm. So like at some point she was knocked over or fell into the snow and they started dragging her towards right. the car. Ugh. That is terrifying. That is yeah. scary. So like Shanna definitely did not get into this vehicle, this waiting vehicle of her own will. Right. And we now know that she definitely had an accomplice mm-hmm. to this. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, so Bess decides to stay at the Academy while Darcy with Darcy while everyone else goes to Mrs. Wolaski's home. Um, apparently Bess is supposed to call the police, but they're not back after an hour. <laughs> um, but so they go to her house and it looks empty. So they break in. Of course they do. <laughs> Nancy has her lock picking kit and she opens the door. She picks the lock and opens the door. Um, they search through the house and they find the missing ornaments. They find the Thank disguise. Goodness. I was so worried about those ornaments. <laughs> um, they find the disguise that Mrs. Olasky was using and they also find some canceled checks made out to someone named, you ready? You ready for yes. this, Corey? Sorry. Roger L. Wolaski. Mm, okay, so... This must be Mrs. Wolaski's accomplice. I don't know, Corey, who do we know with the name of Roger? Who is the only other character (laughs) that's been mentioned so far? (laughs) Who has an actual name? Who randomly showed up two months ago just wanting to volunteer? Mm -hmm. Nancy deduces that this Roger L. Wolaski must be Roger Lutz Wolaski, the piano player for the Academy. (laughs) (sighs) He must be some sort of relative of Mrs. Velasquez or something, um, but this house definitely is empty. So they're like, okay, where is Shana then? Mm -hmm. Um, They call Bess and Darcy to check in. And Darcy remembers that Roger mentioned he lives nearby in this brand new apartment complex. Where where have we been to before that's an (laughs) apartment complex that was just built near the dance studio? Mm Mm-hmm. Nancy realizes this is, must be the same apartment complex where the van had rear-ended them. Um, so they're like, oh, okay, that obviously must be where Roger lives. So they go to this complex and they go to the mailboxes and are able, able to deduce from the names on the mailboxes which apartment number Roger has. They run over there. George goes to a payphone to call the police at this point. Why? 
idea. Literally, why now? Why didn't why we not? call them when Shanna was kidnapped? Right. Our Yeah. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Nancy, Madame Dugron, and Lawrence go up to the apartment. Nancy picks the lock again. Uh, they open the door and see Shanna is tied and gagged in the middle of the room. Lawrence approaches her and, you know, goes to untie her. And Roger comes out from behind the door and smacks him over the head with a cane, knocks him unconscious. Or does he? I think for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think he's unconscious temporarily. Um, Nancy sees... Oh, no. Yeah, so... <laughs> Um, For yeah. whatever reason, Nancy still has the Mouse King head no, with it's, her. It's sitting on the floor of the apartment, I think. She sees but I it thought there. Nancy took it. I thought so, too. But maybe she put it back in the prop room and then they stole it again. I don't know. But why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, yes, Nancy sees the Mouse King head, is or the Rat King head is in the corner um, so she picks it up and puts it on backwards over Roger's head so that he can't see anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's really funny. She takes the cane away from him and ties him up. Uh, once once she's done with this, she overhears Madame Dugron is fighting with Grace slash Mrs. Lulaski in the hallway. She runs out uh, but sees that Madame Dugron is doing just fine on her own and manages to pull Grace off of her. And Grace falls down the stairs. Um, and I just assume that she had died. Yeah. I assume that they killed her because she was, was like, she's motionless yes. at the bottom of the stairs. Uh, but yeah, then the cops do show up at this point. Do you yeah. want to take the end of it here? Sure, 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 sure. So we flash forward. It's the opening night of Nutcracker, and Chief McGinnis is there as well uh, with everyone. And he tells us that Roger confessed to everything after this. Apparently, um, he's her nephew, and she had offered, he's Grace's nephew, and she had offered to pay him to help her sabotage this dance academy. Didn't question it at all. It was like, yeah, I'll take your money to go sell them this sob story that I need. Well, presumably, Corey, presumably, Corey, he's a down on his luck pianist and (laughs) needed the money. Um, But yeah, he didn't think anybody was going to get hurt. um, So he agreed to help. Um, And apparently Mrs. Wolaski slash Grace Wolaski, I guess, at this point is okay. She's fine aside from a broken leg. Um, but she, she does still deny that she's her name is even Grace or that there even is a Grace that that is sabotaging the Dance Academy. She thinks that she says that um, it must just be Madame de Grand making up this whole thing and that she has nothing to do with it. So she is still in denial about that or denying all of that. Um, but otherwise, it's all wrapped up really nicely. Apparently, Lawrence and Shanna are also together now, and he is going to be going back to New York with her, and she's going to try to get him some auditions so that he can join a company in New York. <laughs> then And then they sit down and they watch the the Nutcracker, and it's a beautiful performance and scene, and it's over. Um, yeah. But my question is, is, okay, we're in River Heights. Right. This book is set in River Heights. I know that like there could be like talented, important dance companies, academies everywhere for students. But Roger is supposed to be what? Maybe 1920 at this point. College mid, right? Right. I mean, certainly he's probably Shanna's age, maybe a smidge younger. If he is an adult at this point. Why is he still a student at this dance academy? 
You mean Lawrence or Roger? Oh, sorry, Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. Why is he still student in this dance academy? Why has he not tried to go get work? Or is it that he has tried to go get work and hasn't been successful at that? And if that's the case, then how in the hell is he going to go to New York and join a New York ballet company? Right? <laughs> okay, I assume in the because Shauna says that she, or Shanna says that she's in like her first or second year. She's a rookie in her her ballet mm-hmm. company. She's just in the corps de ballet. She's you know she's not the prima ballerina or anything. Right. Of course, she's the best dancer that's come from this school because she did make it back in New York, and that's why they've invited her back. So I assume that Lawrence is still kind of in his final year of high school. Maybe he's like a a year younger than Shanna, so he's either like still in high school or just finished. And is or, I mean, it's Christmas time, so maybe he has like one semester left of high school, or maybe he's just one semester out of school. But either way, he's not being paid to be in Madame Dubron's mm-hmm. dance company. He's paying her, like he's paying tuition to mm-hmm. go to this dance school. Yeah, how is he going to New York? There's a moment, and let me find it, where Shanna kind of talks about this a little bit. Um, where she's he's mad that he didn't get her an audition before this moment. Well, right? she didn't. She didn't get him an audition. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, did I say that wrong? Yeah, I think yeah. he. But let me. I think it's in chapter five. So let me find it because I was really confused about this. I was like, is he? I don't understand. Is he an adult or should like? Is he trying to? I don't. I don't get it. So um, let me find it. So at the lunch, Best told Nancy that Lawrence was bitter with Shanna and saying that like he thought that she could arrange an audition for him in New York but just hasn't which it does not work that way you don't right. join a dance company and get to invite whoever else you want yeah Lawrence <laughs> thinks I could arrange an audition for him with a New York ballet company if I really wanted to but I'm just a member of the Corde Ballet right now which means I'm not much more important than a piece of scenery Lawrence doesn't understand that I have no sight in who gets to audition and who doesn't um, and then Nancy asks her if she would arrange an audition for him if she could. And then Shanna shakes her head and says, no, he needs to have more confidence in himself. Lawrence has to have uh, more confidence in his own abilities. The only way he'll make it in New York. It's the only way he'll make it in New York. The competition is cutthroat and you've got to be able to deal with it on your own. So it's like, yeah, I guess maybe he's like an older student and starting to audition. But like, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, if that were the case, then, like, why would he not already have been to New York doing auditions himself? You know what I mean? Maybe he is out of high school and he's just, like, working a job and does Mm. this part-time, like, after work or something. Oh, well, you know, he he does help um, Madame Dugram with maintenance. So like yeah, they maybe, did say that in teaching classes, right? Yeah, so maybe he doesn't pay tuition. Maybe he is like working for tuition or something. That would make sense. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> anyway, that was the Nutcracker Ballet mystery. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, <laughs> Happy Holidays, everyone. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I was disappointed in the mystery itself. I yeah. felt like there were, there weren't enough suspects for oh, one. Oh, definitely. It felt pretty obvious at a certain point that it only could be one person. A certain two people. The Roger thing kind of surprised me because, to be honest, I'd forgotten about him completely. 
Because he was only really in one scene for a couple of minutes and he was yeah. kind of grumbly and rude and was like, I'm not putting up with this anymore. I thought he quit, honestly. And mm. I guess he hadn't, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, it's a very, the structure of a Nancy Drew book is very, it's very obvious, right? Yeah. So like you have your crime or your suspicious circumstance or whatever, Nancy starts to investigate and then we get our red herring, right? We get our our suspects that are supposed to be very convincing actually aren't. And then like in the chapter before the end of the chapter, we find out who it actually is. So right. the only suspects we have, and since we know that it's supposed to be two people doing it, the only suspects we have left after if we consider that Darcy and um, Lawrence are our red herring suspects is Shanna, which doesn't make any sense because why would Shanna sabotage herself or sabotage this production? Madame Dugrand, same thing. Right. Michelle, who's 10, so probably not driving the the dance van around. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's uh, Mrs. Lasky and Roger. So it's like, okay, obviously... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like we were saying earlier, the red herring takes up so much of the book mm-hmm. from the time Nancy's blocked into the prop thing until we finished with the skiing disaster with the snowmobile. That's like five or six chapters of Nancy only investigating this red herring, being so sure that it's them with very, no I mean, evidence. very little to go off of. And then the only reason she figures it out in the end is because she happens to have found <laughs> this, this handkerchief with the initials on it that the bad guy was, or the, culprit was stupid enough to carry around a, an embroidered handkerchief <laughs> that has her real name or real initials on it well and also was stupid enough to try to break into the office of the madame to steal the only evidence that it could have been her which is not strong evidence it's just a photo of a snotty looking dancer in the back mm-hmm. like if you had not done that if you would just let that be Nancy never would have connected. No, never, never. Why, why would you assume a fake identity only to carry around a handkerchief with your real initials on it and steal the only thing that could, and like unsuccessfully steal the only thing that could connect you to this mystery. It's like a big flashing neon sign of like, it's me. I did it. I did it. I did it. (laughs) Yeah. It yeah. just seems so weak. Nancy didn't do any real investigating. She no. was so certain it was the wrong person that she didn't take any time to do. Yeah. Well, it definitely feels like more along the traditional Nancy Drew mystery story lines of Nancy just happens to be in the locations at the right time when our culprit is there and doing yeah. sneaky things. And Nancy just happens to run after them and they drop a clue and Nancy picks it up. That's how <laughs> that's how it goes. Um, so yeah, and I don't, I don't appreciate that. I don't like that. I feel like it, it devalues Nancy and, um, her skills as a detective. So I, it's not my favorite, not my favorite. Yeah. But overall, I don't know. Yeah. If you're looking for a cute little, little Christmas holiday, holiday, cold, snowy thing to read, then sure. Fine. Whatever. Yeah, it definitely hits those wintry vibes, absolutely, with the Nutcracker stuff. I mean, yeah, for me, like I said, it, it's very nostalgic for me, so it's going to feel that way for me. But otherwise, yeah. I do have one glowing praise for this book. Oh, yeah? I do not remember reading any best bat shaming. <gasps> yeah, that's a good point. 
I don't know if it's just now that we're in the 90s and we're kind of moving past that a little bit. We're into the more body positivity, uh, girl power phase of of our feminism. I don't know that that's true. because No. <laughs> but maybe. But no, I, I don't remember any any problematic or super problematic best things. There is a little bit of like best would really like some lunch. I think. Yeah, I was going to say, was there anything when they went to the yogurt shop? But they don't, they don't really, I mean, like they say that, but it's not, it doesn't seem like a dig. It's just like Bess has been working. She probably wants to eat lunch. And was one time where Bess is upset that Nancy doesn't let her eat cake at the gala because she wants to go back to the dance academy to investigate she's like come on Bess, let's go but Bess is like the cake and all the desserts <laughs> and nancy just promises to buy her a sunday to make up for it yeah that's fine that's yeah. fine yeah that that is a good point yeah she doesn't like make a crack at Bess, which would have been, been so easy for her in that moment to been like oh of course Bess wants the dessert or like of course Bess, you know is tied to the dessert table it's like no she just says i'll get you a sunday later you know? Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> How sad is it that we're like, oh, thank goodness, there's glaring <laughs> absence in the book. <laughs> it's just when it shows up every, literally every time you read, it's like, it's quite shocking when it's not there. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. I will say too, I think there was a really good balance of Bess and George in this book. Yeah. Um, Even though George just goes missing for like four chapters at the beginning. She's uh, just not in part of it. Yeah. She's away at her skiing, skiing thing. But, I mean, Bess is busy for a lot of it, too. And mm. I feel like George has a, a lot of enough, like, redeeming moments. Like, she's there at the end. Like, she, um, for, like, you know, the final scene, there's a point where, like, she goes, I think, to chase somebody down or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like, an athletic. Because she does the tree branch thing. Yep. And so I feel like there's a good balance of their um, their um presence in the book which is normally yeah. not the case like it's normally either very heavily Bess or very heavily George and no Bess right. and so I think that was really good I think they did it really yeah. successfully and um I didn't feel like I didn't feel like there was they were fighting for Nancy's approval or Nancy's attention or right. you know or a boy's attention thank right goodness. it was just normal they were doing their stuff they were helping out where they could and it was good you know yeah, it was nice to see yeah yeah I just want to know how how Roger knew that they were going to be going skiing that day. Because there's no way he would have been able to find them. I'm sorry. I know that they only put the skiing in there because they're trying to make it wintry, right? And they're like, yeah. what's a winter activity they could do? We need to give George an athletic <laughs> thing. I don't know. It's just, it literally could have been anything else, though. Like, literally, it could have been they were going Christmas shopping, or right. they were going sledding or right. ice skating. Ice skating. Yeah. It could have been any. Which would have been plausible to be plausible. closer to River Heights. Yeah. <laughs> Skiing where you have to go find a mountain. Right. <laughs> In the Midwest, which is they're there. They exist. But like to get there. <laughs> So it's a ways, yeah. right? Maybe I just don't know. Maybe I just don't understand from not living in the Midwest, the proximity, or maybe how far people are willing to drive to do an hour of skiing. But I just, I, I it does not make sense. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of George, we have a few clumsy moments from George. We sure story. do. We sure do. I made a note of that, Corey. He slips on the ice at one point going into yeah. the dance studio and falls, and it's just 
a little bit more human for George, I guess, mm-hmm. to not be the one that's always putting other people down for not being as athletic as she is or whatever, you know, whatever. Yeah, I do think it's supposed to be a moment that they're just remarking upon the fact that the sidewalks hadn't been like salted or sanded, which mm-hmm. they normally would have been to kind of remark on like that the dance academy is kind of run down and not being kept up in the way that it should be. Um, right. But yeah, it's not Bess who slips and falls. It's George. It's not Nancy who slips and falls. It's George. Yes. It's nice. Not that right. I want George to fall and hurt no. her butt or anything, but you know. It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that it wasn't Bess fell and then George is ragging on Bess for mm-hmm. not being as graceful as she is or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, yeah. 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 George is also the only one to to have the wherewithal to call the police on all oh, this. Oh, yeah. Like, all right, you know, we do got to get Chief McGinnis involved or whoever to come help us with this kidnapping. Yeah, I'm going to take the take the moment to take the responsibility and go use the payphone to get the cops over here because Nancy thinks she can do all this herself. So I understand the reason why they did not call the cops before was because, listen, okay. <laughs> So Nancy says that um, after they find the tracks in the snow or whatever, that they don't actually really have proof that Shan has been kidnapped. And I'm like, you kind of do. First of all, you kind of do. Drag prints in the snow. She's missing. You've just discovered kind of proof. It's at least enough for the police to do like a welfare check on all of these people, just making sure that everything is okay. But Nancy says, like, it hasn't been 48 hours. They're not going to do anything, Um, which is not true, by the way. Don't wait 48 hours to call the police if someone is missing. But whatever. But then they go and they break in to someone's house. It's it's just it's just really baffling to me how they wait until after they have decided to commit a crime. Right. To call the police. And Nancy even says, like, after they go to the house and look through everything, they're like, well, we can't call the police now because I've just broken into someone's home. Right. (laughs) Thank goodness Mrs. Woloski didn't actually die falling down the stairs because how would they have explained that to the cops? I mean, (laughs) provided Nancy wasn't already buddies with Chief McGinnis. Like, hey, we broke into these people's home, pushed this old lady down the stairs, and now she's dead, and we want to convince you that they're the bad guys. We also really, I mean, we have got to say there is something seriously wrong in Nancy's mind or everyone's mind when they're just cool with breaking into this woman's house. But there's a moment where they specifically say that like, it's after they've broken in, they're like headed over to the apartment complex complex that Madame de Grand who's driving is driving within the laws of the road. So, like, they're specific to say that she's being safe while they're driving and they're not speeding or anything. You just broke into someone's house. I think it's okay for you to speed to the apartment complex where you think your friend is being, like, being held against her will. Right. I think you can, I think you can go over the speed limit a little bit. No, that's illegal. (laughs) The lock picking is not. It's just such a wackadoodle. It's such a wackadoodle frame of mind. Nancy's relationship with the police, her ideas about um, legality of actions and what is acceptable and what is not is just truly baffling. It's truly confusing. 
Nancy has to be a good role model, so she can't endorse speeding over the speed limit, but she can endorse breaking into someone's home and throwing them down the stairs. But she's not going to endorse calling the authorities when you should call the authorities. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So confusing. Anyway, I was just going to say, there's no net in this book. Yeah. Confusing. Thank goodness. Well, yes. Thank God. I didn't want any romance in this one. And we still had to shoehorn it in with Lawrence and Shayna mm-hmm. there at the end. But whatever. I also don't know what he could have possibly offered to this plot that would have been better. Nothing. <laughs> Except maybe some drama between him and Nancy, which nobody wants. Right. Well, is that really going to be a thing in the mystery stories? Maybe again? not. The maybe later not. ones. Let's hope not. But yeah. yeah. Um, but I just thought it was strange, especially considering like we're in River Heights. And it's right. supposed to be winter break. Right. So you would think Ned'd be home. You think he'd be home. You think he'd be around. You think maybe at least he would have shown up at the end of the Nutcracker performance. Right. As just a little cute little cameo. No. But no. That's fine. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. We don't need him for this. (laughs) (laughs) We've got Bess and George. We don't need Ned. Um, Did we get any Carson? I don't think we got any Carson. I don't think so. Hannah. I mean, we mentioned Carson. I think... Uh, yeah, we uh, something about when Nancy brought her own Christmas ornaments from home, or no, it's when she's talking to Mrs. Farnsworth and she's like, Oh, aren't you Carson's daughter? Oh, that's right, that's right, yeah. And Nancy's like, Yeah, I'm Carson's daughter, <laughs> but that's it, that's, that's the only it. mention of, of him. Yeah. So. so, I kind of wish I, I do feel like this story could have been improved with some more um setting, like some. Mm. Some more grounding. River Heights for the holidays. Give us a holiday scene with with Carson and Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like, what does it feel like in River Heights at the holidays? Like driving through the towns. Is it decorated? You know, is there like a a shopping center where people are shopping for gifts? Like Nancy should have been going Christmas shopping. Right. Giving us all that scenery. We had, I mean, usually these are 20 chapters. We had plenty of extra space Mm -hmm. since this was only like 16 or something. Especially considering all the useless. All the useless stuff. (laughs) Give us more character development. Give us more suspects. Give us more River Heights. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's my that's my overall critique is that like for what is supposed to be a wintertime story, it did not. Aside from the snow and the cold, and I guess the the fact that it's the Nutcracker, there was not a whole lot of holiday celebration. Right. Maybe were they trying to just make it specifically not because they wanted to be inclusive. Like, they didn't want to mention that Nancy celebrated a certain holiday. Well, she says that she has her own ornaments at home, so we can assume that they have a Christmas tree and all that. But you're right. They don't say Christmas at any point. I do do think, I don't think anyone would be surprised at the fact that Nancy would celebrate Christmas. Or I don't know that anybody would take exception to that. She's very clearly a white, middle-class girl. Mm -hmm. What else is she going to celebrate? (laughs) Nancy is so not Jewish. She's not Jewish. You know, like, yeah, (laughs) I can't remember exactly which one it was of the original mystery stories, the original 56. But one of those we read, they did have like, Nancy went to church that morning. And then afterward, you know, like, that's said, it's fine. They Mm -hmm. can say she celebrates Christmas. I don't think that would. I don't think it would have been an issue. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I just, it's just interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
which is fine. They don't have to no. specifically say it's Christmas, but I mean, that is, that's the story of the Nutcracker. Mm-hmm. If, if you're not aware of the Nutcracker There's a Christmas takes place tree. during Christmas. There's yeah. A Christmas celebration in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a Christmas party and at the party, Clara gets a, a Christmas present, which is the Nutcracker. And then she has the dream and mm-hmm. that's Christmas Eve. And like, that's what the, that's what the ballet is about. It's mm-hmm. about Christmas time. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it could have been a moment where Nancy, I don't know, like experienced other holidays at the time too, but none of that either. So like, yeah, yeah, it's just interesting. It's like, is this supposed to be a holiday story or not? Like pick, decide, decide, choose, choose. Yeah. Because we have snow. So that's all you need for the winter. Snow and something holiday-ish. Done. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Scene set. Let's start on the bad plot. Okay, book is over. Uh, yeah, I guess. All right. Anything else you want to say? I just have one tiny pet peeve, and this only comes up like twice in the whole book, but Shanna calls them toe shoes instead of point shoes. <laughs> no professional ballerina would ever call them toe shoes. If you say toe shoes, every ballerina is going to go, you know nothing about ballet. Sorry, that's just... Yeah, no, otherwise that's that's all I got for this one. How about you? I do think that the stupid, they did use particularly stupid cliffhangers at the end of each chapter. Yeah. Like I felt like the cliffhangers in this one, because they always try to set you up on a cliffhanger for the end that turns out to be nothing, right. were like so bad in this yeah. one. Like, the doll fell on me. The doll fell. And Nancy pulled George out of the way. Like we're supposed to be scared about that? But yeah, like, they were just silly, just silly. Like, unless you are, I don't, I don't even know what child would be like concerned <laughs> about that. You know what I mean? Like, be like, okay, well, like, whatever. Doll fell on you, sure. Scary. So oh, it's so, <laughs> such a tense moment, but no. So yeah. yeah, but you know what can you do? What can you do? It's it's uh, it's a mystery story. It's supposed to be a, a winter themed mystery story for children. Yes, you know I can't I cannot have my expectations that high. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, you want to give it a score? Two flashlights. Yeah, I I think that like when it always happens, but like whenever I start it, I'm like okay. Fine, and I, and I would have given it. I think before we talked about it, I probably would have given it a three out of okay. five flashlights. But uh, yeah, after talking about it, it's like really there is nothing interesting or special about it, so it really doesn't deserve any more than two flashlights. No. <laughs> I mean, at least you, at least you gave it a chance. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So happy holidays, regular Drews. Yes. If you are celebrating anything this time of year, we hope that it is wonderful and, and warm and special for you. Hope you mm-hmm. have a great, I hope you great holiday get to, season. Get to enjoy time with whoever you want to enjoy time with, be it your family or your friends. I hope you get time off of doing whatever work activity or school activity you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I get time to uh, relax. And we, I guess we will see you next year. Yeah, I was going to say, Happy New Year as well, because we won't have a new episode until... Oh, my gosh. We're here January 7th, so not until then. Wow. Goodness. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy to think we started this in 2021. Yep. And we are continuing on to 2022. How cool. Yep. 
<laughs> Hopefully next Christmas we'll have a better story. But. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I'm not I'm not holding my breath, but yep. maybe we'll watch like a Christmas episode of a Nancy Drew show or something. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> if there even is one, I'm not sure. But. Yeah. Oh, I guess we should say what we're gonna be covering next. So we are going to be reading and discussing another Nancy Drew mystery story, number 150, Mystery at Morsey Manor. I'm excited about this one. It seems. I'm definitely excited about this one, too, because it takes, takes place in England mm-hmm. and um, also in like a manor house. So it's like exactly my, you know, my favorite, my favorite things. Feels a little gloomy vibe, so I'm excited mm-hmm. about it. I mean, yeah. knowing very little about it so far. Obviously, we haven't read it yet, but... Yeah, I'm very excited. Hopefully it'll be a good one. So join us then. Mm -hmm. We'll see you then, regular Drews. Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. If you like this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at RegularNancyDrew and Twitter at RegularND. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $3 level vote on upcoming episode topics and all patrons receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you regular Drews out there, thanks thanks for for listening. listening.